Do you wait for everything to be perfect and lined up straight before you make a choice? How hard are you trying to get everything in your life right? What if jumping in and getting messy is one of the ways to find out what works for you? Discover how being willing to mess up can create the phenomenal life you truly desire. Get ready to quit judging and start embracing all of your messy adventures. Now, here's your host, self-declared messy living expert, Katrina Fava. Hey, hello. Welcome to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for coming to play, coming to listen. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, I am Petrina Fava, your host, and this is Messy Adventures in Living. Uh, it's a place and a space where I get to play with you and invite you to something different. Um, I, I like to invite you to be aware that you have choice in your life and that your choices don't have to be so significant and they don't have to last a lifetime. Uh, your choices can be just 10 seconds worth and then you can choose again. And that's really the key message here is that you can always choose again. You always have another choice. You don't have to be bound to a choice. So what messy what messy living could you, could you invite into your life that would expand your life and create it as greater? How much fun have you been having uh, waiting for all the traffic lights to be green. You know, how much fun have you been having making sure you get it all perfect and lined up straight before you make any choices? Not really fun. And what if the purpose of life is to have fun? What if it is? What if it's not about making the right choices to 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 be the right kind of successful? What if life is about having fun? Really, what if that's what life is about? How much fun could you have making messy choices? Okay, uh, I'm Petrina. Here's a few of the ways that I play in the world. I am a mom of three kids, and I'm a pediatric nurse. I've been working as a pediatric nurse for 20 years, and I'm also an access consciousness bars and body process facilitator. Such an interesting combination, those two things, I have to say. Um, I also create my own line of um, body products. I have lots of fun cooking things up in the kitchen that are not food. <laughs> um, I like to I like to play with uh, different lotions and potions and things like that. And my line of um, beauty products is called Naturally Happy Body. You, they have their own website, naturallyhappybody.com. And you can find out more about me at patrinafava.com. You can also follow me on social media. And uh, what other ways can we play together? Okay, let's get to the show, shall we? So today, our topic is holding on to pain and calling it remembrance. So what exactly gets created when we swear to always remember 9-11, the Holocaust, World War II? Does remembering and making significant the anniversaries of acts of terror truly honor those who died? How many centuries worth of energy, of torture, pain, and sadness have we been dragging into each new year? Are we changing it? Are we changing it? Are we changing anything? Or are we holding all of that energy in place by remembering? Wow, so <laughs> this topic has been actually in my awareness for a very, very long time. 
and uh, finally just got the door to speak about it on this show today. And I started to think about this a few years ago as we celebrated Remembrance Day. I live in Canada, and we have Remembrance Day on November the 11th, um, where we remember all of the, the soldiers, all of the people who died, not just the soldiers, but all of the people who died in the, in the world wars, right? And all of the wars. And it's a day of remembering. And, and it's a day of, um, you know, moments of silence. And it's kind of a heavy day. It's not really a day of joyful celebration. Uh, and two things. I started to really, um, it started to tweak, tweak, I want to say irritate me. So, okay, I'll say it. It started to really irritate me when my children started going to school and learning about Remembrance Day. Uh, And one of my kids was in kindergarten when she came home one day really upset and really sad and really scared because she had watched something at school, a video of some kind, about World War II and soldiers and war and attacks and this kind of thing. And so she came home kind of scared and asking lots of questions. And I remember thinking, why does a child need to have this energy in their world? Like, what is the value of telling a five-year-old about bombings and killings and, you know, I mean, she she came home asking detailed questions. So, so they were, you know, she was watching a film that was explicit about, you know, World War II. And I remember just asking myself, like, what is the value in this? What is the value in teaching our kids about the past and past, you know, uh, past tortures and past pains. What is the value of putting that energy into the world of a five-year-old? And is it truly valuable? And so when I started to look at it, I was like, okay, what is, what's, what is, what are we trying to do here? Like, what is the school in this case trying to teach our kids? Like, what is, what are we trying to do? And what I kind of got was that it was important to teach kids about the people who died so that we could honor them and so that we could be grateful for them and for their sacrifice and so that we could be grateful for their death, right? That's was, that's kind of the purpose behind these things. So that's what we say anyways. And then I started to think about my grandfather who fought in World War II and my grandfather was a quiet man. He and he wasn't meek, but he was quiet. And we didn't have a lot of conversations, me and him, not verbal ones, anyways. And I remember I asked him at least once or twice to tell me about what the war was like. Because my grandmother would tell me about the war from her perspective, from when she was at home waiting for her brothers to come back from the war and what that was like. Um, And any time I ever asked my grandfather to tell me a little bit about what it was like in the war, what did he do? Did he ever kill anybody? Like, I wanted to know. And he always said to me, 
like he always actually he didn't really say anything. He always just said, "I don't want to talk about it," and he would walk away. And so when my kids started asking me about questions about the war, and I was questioning the the value in teaching them details about killings and bombs and torture and all of this stuff. I remembered my grandfather and I remembered how much he didn't want to remember the war. He didn't want to remember it. And so, especially after he passed away, every time Remembrance Day came around and I would see things on TV about, uh, you know, a moment of silence and remembering and remembering and remembering and remembering and remembering and, you know, footage of, of um, you know, airstrikes and footage of certain things and photos of things on TV and remembering and remembering and remembering. I remembered how much my grandfather never wanted to remember. And so I started to question if remembering was really the best way to honor all of those people who went to war. Is that really what they would have wanted? I know that my grandfather would not have wanted that. He would not have wanted to be honored by remembering the war because he never wanted to talk about it and he never wanted to remember it himself. So, you know, I often question the value of remembering and and the more I started to look at it, the more I started to wonder, not only was I asking myself, is it truly valuable? Are we really showing gratitude by remembering? Are we really honoring by remembering? I started to really get the awareness of what's actually happening when we are doing this thing we call remembering. And that is, I started to wonder how much of the energy of the past are we dragging along year after year after year after year? And how much is what we're doing, the way we're remembering, how much is it actually holding all of that energy in place? So what if remembering is not just about your brain, right? We often think that remembering is about a thought. But how much of remembering is energy? How much of remembering is energetic? And here's 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 a little question for you. If time wasn't real, let's say time is not real, okay? If time wasn't real and past and present and future are all existing at the same time. So if time is not real, and past and present and future is all existing at the same time, what are we creating when we're holding on to the the energy of war, the energy of September 11th, the energy of the Holocaust? If time is not real, what are we creating right here in the present? if we're just holding on to that energy all the time. So often, you know, um, we think that remembering is a way to ensure that something horrible doesn't happen again, right? 
we we think about this a lot in terms of the Holocaust, right? We remembering so that it never happens again. Same with the world wars, lest we forget. We shouldn't forget so that we remember how horrible it is so that we won't repeat it. Um, but is this true? And is this working, I think, is the real question. Is it working? Is holding on to the energy of an event working to change it? Does it look like it's working? I don't think it's working. <laughs> what do you think? So, you know, what else is possible? And and how, in what other ways can we honor people who who were part of all of that? You know, there's a really interesting energy coming up. And this is going to sound horrible, but I'm going to say it anyways. And that is, do they want to be remembered? Do they want to be honored? Wow. So I think my point is, do they have a point of view about it? So all of those people who died in all of the world wars and all of the people who died in the Holocaust on 9-11, in any other, you know, mass event, you know, the, the, even just the, the, you know, the, there's a lot of hurricanes and flooding and stuff happening uh, right now. But even that, like even, I was thinking actually of the tsunami, sorry, in Japan, where mass numbers of people are, uh, die at the same time. I often wonder, do they want to be remembered or are they happy to have been a contribution to the planet in in their death yeah so i'm going to just leave you with that <laughs> do they want to be remembered or are they happy to have given their lives? And I'm not talking about on a mental level, on a, you know, on a conscious, like, on not, a, not on a mental level, but on a spiritual level, on, on an energetic level, whatever that even means. Is it possible that they were happy to contribute to the planet in that way. And are we holding back their contribution to change by holding on and remembering the events of 9-11 and the Holocaust? So let's take a break. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living. I am your host, Petrina Fava, and today we are talking about holding on to pain and calling it remembrance. We'll be right back. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? 
Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255 In Canada, 613-800-8736 Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Hey, welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. Thank you for being here. If you're just jumping in um, into the middle of the show by chance, we are talking today about holding on to pain and calling it remembrance. So talking about things like 9-11, the Holocaust, World War II, and all of the remembering that we do here um, in this reality, and what, and questioning what that's actually creating. And is that the best way to honor the people who died during these events? Is it really the best way to honor them? Because I think that's what we think we're doing. But I don't know. I'm not sure, so sure about that. I don't think that's what we're doing. I think we think that's what we're doing. And I'm not sure that that's the best way to honor them. I think there's something else. Um, and so here's a question. If you could talk to all of the people who died in the Holocaust, if you could ask all of the people who died on 9-11, if you could ask all of the people who died in all of the wars around the world, if you could ask them, what is the best way for me to honor and be grateful for your contribution to the planet? What would that look like? What would that look like? What would they like to see? And I think the difference here is acknowledging their contribution to the world 
instead of remembering their sacrifice. The energy of those two things is very different, is it not? Remembering someone's sacrifice, that's what we do. That's what we're doing on the anniversary of 9-11. Remembering those who lost their lives. Remembering the sacrifice of those who went to war. They went to war and sacrificed their lives. But what if it's not about sacrifice? What about, what if all of those, what's right about 9-11 that we're not getting? What was right about World War II? What contribution were all of those people to the planet? And how can we acknowledge their contribution instead of remembering their suffering because would you want to be remembered for your suffering or would you be want would you like to be acknowledged for your contribution right so okay well, there's a bunch of energy that we i i can't keep going until i clear it so we're going to use something called the Access Consciousness Clearing Statement. It is a bunch of words that sounds like gibberish, uh, if you've never heard it before. And it does have an explanation and that I'm not going to get into on the show because it would take up the whole show. So if you need to find out more, you can go to theclearingstatement.com or accessconsciousness.com to learn more about it. Okay, But what it does is it just gets at all the energy uh, that is underneath what we're talking about. So let's just do it. So everywhere we have spent hundreds of years holding in place the energy of the suffering of all of those who have died in 9-11, all the world wars, the Holocaust, and anything else like that that I cannot put into words right now. All of the remembrance that we've been doing that's been holding all of that energy in place. Can we destroy and uncreate everywhere that's been held in place until now? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And what would it take to acknowledge that every single one of those people contributed to changing the planet instead of remembering their suffering? What would it take to drop remembering their suffering and begin honoring their contribution and what enormous change could occur on the planet if we started to do that? And everything that doesn't allow that, can we destroy and uncreate it all? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, and beyond. So, yeah, question in the chat room. Are we using remembrance to maintain resistance, right? It's that energy of fighting. Let's fight it. And, I mean, this is not just about wars and holocausts and 9-11 we do this with a lot of other things too we do this with disease right we 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 remember people who died of cancer so that we could fucking fight cancer it's like we let's not forget it because if we forget it then we might not be able to fight it we might not be able to change it we have to remember so that we can keep going it's like using the remembering as motivation to change but guess what it doesn't work because we're holding it in place. And anything we, anything you resist persists. You, you got to know that. Because in order to... You think that... 
it's just, I can't, it's so hard for me to put it into words. It's anything that you resist just persists. If you lower your barriers and have allowance for everything without judgment and start asking questions, then that's when things can start to change. But when you're resisting, you're just, your barriers, your walls are up. You can't receive. And if you can't receive, you can't impact change. So are we using remembrance to maintain resistance? Yeah. I'm going to resist cancer and I'm going to remember my loved one who died of cancer and I'm going to remember her pain and I'm going to remember her suffering so that I can go forward and push harder to fight cancer. Everything that brings up Everywhere you've ever used that to create change when in fact it's only give fed energy to cancer and and enabled it and given it power to go greater. Everywhere you've resisted war, which has in fact fed it energy and allowed it to create greater. Everywhere you've resisted repeating the Holocaust. Everywhere you've resisted repeating terrorism. And everywhere that's feeding fear and everywhere that's giving energy to all of that hatred, everywhere your resistance is giving energy to hatred and illness, can we please destroy and uncreate all that? Oh, my God. <laughs> right, wrong, good, bad. Pot of pock, all nine shorts, boys and meows. It is effed up, isn't it? <laughs> it's effed up. If you're wondering, I'm talking to my lovely producer in the chat room. You can join us in the chat room anytime you like. There's a link um, in the upper right-hand corner of the page. You can hop into any show and join the chat room. It's super fun. You should try it. Yeah, it's basically doing exactly the opposite of what people think it does. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We think we are going to make sure that we change something by remembering. And all it's doing is creating that energy as greater. It's not working. It's not working. <laughs> what else is possible? What else is possible to create change besides holding on to um, the energy of sacrifice and pain? So I want to, um, I just want to, if you've listened to my show before, you know I like words. So I looked up, I, I just, when we went to break, I quickly looked up the word sacrifice and contribution because I wanted to kind of look at, we think we're honoring people's sacrifice, but we're not honoring their contribution. And honestly, like really, it just energetically tap into anyone who has died in a war or 9-11 or the Holocaust. Just energetically ask them, is this what they would like? Would they like us to remember their suffering and honor their suffering? Is that what they want? Okay, I'm getting a humongous no. How about you? You know, and what, isn't it lighter? Isn't it like I just get such a sense of lightness when I ask, or when I acknowledge their contribution. Holding on to suffering and thanking them for their suffering and remembering their suffering is so heavy. Whereas acknowledging their contribution just feels so light and expansive and bright, actually, is kind of the sense that I get. There's a brightness to it when I acknowledge them for their contribution. So sacrifice, if you look up the etymology of the word sacrifice, the original meaning, uh, the origin, you know, to offer to offer something to a deity, okay, 
Um, but then I saw this meaning, meaning to uh, surrender, give up, suffer to be lost. So sacrifice as a verb, um, suffer to be lost. And then, um, yeah, okay. Oh, here. An act of giving up one thing for another. Giving up. So there's a giving up and there's a, a sense of loss, right? To suffer a loss. To suffer suffer to be lost. And so and I think that's the reason that we call we call it a sacrifice because we have the point of view that they're lost their lives, right? So soldiers, prisoners, um, people who were involved in 9-11 lost their lives. Very interesting way of saying it. What if they didn't lose their lives? Uh, what if they knew, not with their brain, but energetically, you know, what if on a spiritual level they knew that they were going to be contributing to changing the planet? So what if they didn't lose their lives? What if they came specifically to change it, to participate in that so that they could create change? So everywhere we've decided that lives were lost, if you're an infinite being, can you ever lose your life? Everywhere we decided that lives were lost and that people were victims and 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 sac of sacrifice, victims of sacrifice. What is that? Victims of sacrifice, or chose to sacrifice when actually they chose to contribute. Everywhere we're repeating that over and over, and actually kind of dishonoring their contribution to the world. Can we destroy and uncreate it all? <laughs> right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Okay, we're one minute to break. So, <laughs> how did that happen? Well, let's go to break then. Let's go to break, and when we come back, and we're going to talk about what the etymology of the word contribution is and um, how we can start to change this and what we can do different so that we can honor the contribution of all of the people who died during 9-11 and all the world wars and the tsunamis and the hurricanes and any, any, anything. Uh, let's go to break. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava, and today we are talking about holding on to pain by remembering. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Petrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? 
thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Hey, welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm Petrina Fava. Today we're talking about, you know, I can't remember the title of the show all the time. I have to like scroll up and look at it. That's kind of funny. Anyways, today the title of our show is Holding On to Pain and Calling It Remembrance. So we've been just talking about this thing that we do in this reality where we remember um, significant historical events, specifically ones that are painful. That's fun, isn't it? That's a nice thing to do. Specifically ones that are painful as a way or because we think that um, this is the way to honor people who died um, at these events. Um, it's, that's not the only way we do it. You know, we do it also with people in our lives who have died and have suffered from a long illness or, you know, were maybe killed in a car accident, like memorials on the road, Um you know, anything like that. We do it um, often in Catholicism. When I grew up uh, doing, I always remember doing the Stations of the Cross on the Good Friday before Easter. We would like go to church and um, actually like go through all of the Stations of the Cross so that we could, we could uh, literally like, literally so that we could feel Jesus's pain during um, his, you know, walk with his cross to the crucifixion. And the intensity of that was just enormous. And, you know, so, and I question, like, really, is this what Jesus wants? Is this what Jesus wants? He wants us to relive the pain, the whipping, the thorns on his head, the nails in his hands. This is what, do we, does he really want us to spend all this time remembering his suffering? Or would he prefer that we actually go out there and be kind to each other. So what are we doing when we are remembering the pain of the past? We think we're we think that if we remember it and hold on to it that that will push us towards change, but it does not work. Clearly, <laughs> look around people, clearly that is not working because it's not contributing to kindness. Yes, People are kind to each other during stressful times, of course. But you know what? People are kind to each other during non-stressful times too. And like why, 
if that's what we keep focusing on, do we need to create more disastrous events so that we can see the kindness in people? Can we not see the kindness in people 365 days a year? Why do we have to wait for like these things? Like really, what if the best way to honor those who died was to go out there and be kind? That's what I try to do on Remembrance Day on on November 11th here in Canada. I try and do a lot of acts of kindness that day as a way to honor my grandpa. And because I know that he he would not want me to remember him in the war. But I know this because he never wanted to talk about it. And so how much could we actually create change on the planet if we did that instead of remembering and broadcasting on the media, you know, images of of bombs being dropped and like we're just holding this energy in place. Yeah. Yeah, right. Jesus did exactly spoke to that his whole life to remember his teachings. I don't know if he really would have wanted us to remember his sufferings. Okay. Um, so contribution, um, the etymology, the origin of the word contribution, um, very different from what we we uh, discovered before we went to break. Sacrifice is to to suffer, to lose, right? To sacrifice is to lose, essentially. And then contribution, um, to bring together, to add, to unite, to collect. So, right? So all of those people who died on 9-11, in the war, during the Holocaust, you know, who died of cancer, like, do, are we remembering their sacrifice? We're holding in place the loss. If we're remembering their sacrifice and talking all the time about their sacrifice, we're holding on to the loss. And how much is that keeping them chained? Just having that discussion in the chat room a little while ago about how much that keeps them locked up. How much is that keeping all of those people locked into that energy? Are they, are, how much are some of them not able to move on? Because we are continuously repeating it and holding that energy in place. So that's not very nice of us either. Like how many of us, how much is what we're doing also hold, locking them, locking them into place? Oh, and locking them into the, Historical sites. Oh my God. Okay, we need to clear that right now. So, all of the souls, all of the entities who are being kept locked into a historical site, um, the Holocaust is really coming up. So, all of the all of the energy that's put into remembering the Holocaust, that land especially, how much energy is held there in that place on the earth and how many how many beings are being held there because we are holding that energy in place and everything that is and everywhere we're doing that and everything that does not allow that to change now can we destroy and uncreate all of the energy that's held in place there so that they can go Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Okay. Rome is coming up all of a sudden for me too, and I've never even been to Rome, but like how much energy is there in Rome of like holding in place of energy? Wow. 
Yeah, and what if we affirm their potency? Oh, thank you so much, Keisha, in the chat room. So what if we affirm their potency? Yes, exactly, because we see them as victims, right? So what if they're not victims? What if they're potent beings who knew they could contribute to the to changing this planet? Yes, what a huge yes that is. So what if we could be grateful to them? Thank you to all of you incredibly potent beings who chose to be present during the Holocaust, who chose to participate in the Holocaust, who chose to be the ones who died during the Holocaust. What potency, what capacity to create enormous frickin' change in the world did you have and do you have? Thank you for your contribution. Thank you for your potency. So very grateful for you. And what would it take to drop, to stop remembering you as victims and to start honoring your contribution and acknowledging your potency and everything that doesn't allow the world to acknowledge your potency and to receive the contribution, the gift that you gave, the gift of your death. Those are the words that are coming. So acknowledge the gift of your death. Everything that does not allow that. Can we please destroy and uncreate it all? (sighs) Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyond. See, they're happy. (laughs) This is not anywhere where I thought this show was going, but okay. (laughs) They're happy. Okay, so who is in your life that you've decided is a victim of death? I didn't think the show was going to be about death, really, but here we are. Who in your life have you decided is a victim is a victim of death? And what if they're not? What if they're really potent creators? And what if they came knowing their contribution to you, to your life, to the lives of their family members? What if they came knowing what their contribution was going to be? And what could change for you, for them, for those around you, and for the world if you acknowledged the gift and you acknowledged their potency? See, that's even different than being grateful. Because I think in this reality, we kind of know how to be grateful, sort of, not really, but sort of. (laughs) It's kind of twisted, but we kind of know about being grateful. But we're still, it's not exactly on. It's like, I'm grateful for your sacrifice. I'm grateful for you, even though you died at a young age. Thinking about my nephew at the moment, so weird. Um, and my nephew died a couple of years ago at the age of 26, and and I don't know exactly, but I know that his life and death was a contribution to our family. And, yeah, and the potency. Thank you so much, Keisha, for saying that, putting that word in the chat room because that's changing everything right now. To acknowledge the potency of people, of souls, of beings who come and create change in this way that we call suffering or that we call death or that we call loss or that we call discomfort or horrible things but what massive catalysts for change are they 
And what could change if we stopped calling them victims and stopped seeing them as victims and poor souls and taken too soon and suffering victims? What could change if we acknowledge their potency? How much could we receive? And what could change for them? Isn't it amazing when somebody receives you? Doesn't it feel amazing when someone receives a gift from you or the gift that you are? Have you ever had someone in your life who you know sees you, gets you, sees how awesome you are, sees a certain talent that you have? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it great to be acknowledged for that? So, you know, would you be willing to do that for the people that you know who are not necessarily here in their bodies, who have never been acknowledged for their potency and their contribution. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break. You, you are listening to Messy Adventures in Living. We're talking today about um, holding on to pain and calling it remembrance and what else is possible with that. Don't get anywhere. We'll be back soon. Do you wait until all the traffic lights are green before you get in your car? Of course you don't. Are you waiting until you have everything perfect to begin living? Most of us have learned not to take any steps until we have all the information to make the right choice. What if the opposite is true? What if it's choice that creates awareness? Are you willing to make lots of messy choices so you can begin to see the possibilities that you didn't think existed? Listen for Messy Adventures in Living radio show with self-declared messy living expert Katrina Fava every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 Central, 9 Mountain, and 8 Pacific on the InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. How much more expansive would your life be if you were willing to get messy with your choices? What if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them? What if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes? What if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun? What if the closed-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions, or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com. You're listening to Messy Adventures in Living with Petrina Fava. To participate in today's show, please call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also ask questions or comment by email by sending to Petrina at PetrinaFava.com. Now, here's Petrina with more Messy Adventures. Welcome back to Messy Adventures in Living. I'm your host, Petrina Fava. And today we are talking about holding on to pain and calling it remembrance or something like that. But <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's not significant. It's just the energy of this topic has been swirling around for so long. And um, 
it's really funny because before I started the show, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. I have no idea what I'm going to say. I have nothing prepared. I have no idea what I'm going to say. And I know better after almost two years of doing this radio show because I just know to just start talking. And so, and I'm glad I did um, because this show went to all kinds of places, tapping into spirits and energy and all kinds of weird stuff that I love. So, um, so let's talk about um, remembering and forgetting because I, of course, had to look those up too um, and had to check out the etymology of those words. So here, what here is what the origin of the word remembrance is like. And you have to know, like, the reason that I do this is not to look for meaning because there's a difference between meaning and tapping into the energy of a word. And often when words are created, they uh, they have a certain energy. And sometimes over time that kind of gets twisted um, or it changes, but it still holds on to the old energy. And, and anyways, I don't know. It's just fascinating. So um, remembrance, here it is. Present consciousness of a past event. Hello. Present consciousness of a past event. Remember at the beginning of the show when I was talking about what if time wasn't real? Present consciousness of a past event. Keeping in mind, retaining in memory. Okay. Um, and then I looked at recollect. And recollect, right, to remember or recollect. To recollect is to collect again. Seems obvious. Think about that energetically. To collect again. So when we recollect, 9-11, when we recollect, the Holocaust, when we recollect, you know, the tsunami in Japan, the hurricanes, the death of a loved one, when we recollect it, we are collecting it again. Um, uh, from Latin, it meant to regather, uh, a gathering together again. So when we're remembering, when we're recollecting, how much are we gathering that energy again, um, collecting it again, gathering it together again? And is that what we want to do? Do If we want to change the past, recollecting it, recollecting it is not the way to change, not the way to create change, to choose something different, to keep recollecting everything that was before. How is it going to change if that's what we keep doing? Uh, and then forget. Forget is amazing. Wait, wait till you hear what forget. Um, so originally lose the power of recalling to the mind, which, you know, we kind of, that's kind of how we define it these days. And then I looked at like, to neglect inadvertently. And so that's kind of the energy of the word forget, right? And the wrongness of the of forgetting. So how much do we think that if we forget the people in World War II, if we forget the people who died in 9-11, if we forget all of the people who died during the Holocaust, that we are neglecting them? Because that's kind of the energy of the word forget for us. Um and so that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm not suggesting that we neglect them. But are we, in fact, neglecting them by continuously repeating or bringing, collecting together the energy of their suffering? Are we actually neglecting them? Because we're neglecting what they actually require. What they require is to be released from that and to receive the change, to receive the contribution that they were, that they bead, that they gave at that time. Um, yeah, so, you know, anytime you, you've ever said, we will never forget, we shall not forget, um, we will always remember, please think about what you're saying and ask yourself what else is possible. Um, oh, um, also, uh, forget was to lose, 
to to unget to lose, and then it said to lose one's grip on. To lose one's grip on, or to lose care for. But I liked to lose one's grip on because I thought that was amazing. It would, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if we could lose our grip on 9/11? Wouldn't it be great if we could lose our grip on the Holocaust? Why are we gripping it? Why are we holding it? We're holding it because we think that's the way to change it, but it's not. So everywhere we bought the lie that the way to change history is to grip it and to hold on onto it tightly when in fact it is not. And everywhere we believe that and locked it in and have been living that for thousands of years. Can we now give it up and choose something else and destroy and uncreate it all? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. So, how can we change it? Um, so, what if we? What else could we do on the anniversary of 9/11? What else could we do on um, to honor the 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 people who um, gave us their contribution during the Holocaust? You know, what if you? What if it could be as simple as spreading kindness? Like, what if it could be as? What if on 9/11 you didn't watch TV? And didn't uh, remember remember all of the people who died. What if on 9/11 you didn't do any of that, or any other anniversary of whatever you want to put in there? What if you didn't do any of that? What if you went around and were really kind to people? What if you spread kindness that day? Would that change things? What would change things more? You know, watching the events of 9-11 repeat over and over and over and over again on television or not watching any of that, not feeding that energy and going out there and being kind to people, truly kind to people. Um, you know, how much imprinting of energy is held in place um, with memorials and what else is possible and not to get wrong and not to make history wrong because history is cool. Like history is fascinating and history is interesting. So I'm not saying neglect it completely. Don't look at it. You don't have to not look at it. But, you know, would you be willing to drop the significance and especially the sadness around any event that we have decided was wrong? And instead, would you be willing to acknowledge the contribution that it has been to our world and receive the contribution of it so that we can continue to create change and that we continue to create something greater for our world and for our planet. Thank you so much for listening today to Messy Adventures in Living. What can you do to change this? How can you acknowledge the contribution of all of those people to our world and to your life? See you next time. Bye. Thanks for playing with us on Messy Adventures in Living. Katrina Fava will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on Inspired Choices Network. We'd love to have you join us again. Until next time, have fun creating your phenomenal life, mess and all.